0: What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is up? What the? Hi, my name is Claire, and I'm here to chat with artists, creators, and inspired folks about passion and their visions for success on an earth that's melting. We'll talk about identity, creativity, community, and how art can cultivate healing and change. Along the way, you'll hear music from rising indie artists. I believe the art is meant to connect us. When we listen, respond, and create, we connect, and have the power to make change, even while living on this chaotic earth. So what the hell is up with you? Hello, stars, and welcome back to What the Hell is Up? What the hell is up with you? My name is Claire, and in today's episode, I sat down with Seattle-based, multi-creative singer-songwriter with big Pisces energy. Claire Conway, for a lovely chat about her newly released EP called Be Good. Other than this episode immediately being fun and cute on account of Claire and I sharing the same name and spelling, it was also inspiring to hear her elaborate on this beautiful EP involving themes of loss, heartbreak, and healing. Claire is a very very talented girl, still finishing up her bachelor's degree at Seattle Pacific University and juggling lots of things, so I was so grateful for her for taking the time to chat with me about her music in my podcast space. Something about October reminds me of love and loss, so this cozy chat couldn't have been more opportune. As you'll hear Claire say, heartbreak is part of the human experience, so connecting with songs that speak to this is important and special and kind of lovely. Even if you're not in the midst of it, it can be so important to reflect on. Um, I think that you're really going to love this chat, filled with vulnerability and laughs and just Claire's lovely EP weaves throughout it. So listen in. You were scared One way. Hi Claire. Hi Claire. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both Claire's here today, which is exciting to us, but maybe a little bit confusing for you. So <laughs>
1: um, what the hell is up, Claire? Um well as you know, I have an EP coming out tonight at midnight, technically tomorrow, I guess at midnight. Um yeah, I October twenty second. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will be up <laughs> <laughs> for sure at midnight listening to it um other people might hear it in the morning but I yeah I'm also a student and um juggling lots of responsibilities so as much as I wish this was like the biggest event (laughs) on my mind this week it's like under layers of many other events so um yeah got a lot going on in my brain today but I'm excited Yeah, I mean, we were also talking about your plumbing issues this morning. Yeah, I had some really exciting plumbing issues this morning. I was on the phone with my landlord by 8.30 and um, it seems like they averted the immediate crisis, but they have to completely redo all of the piping in my house.
0: Because of sewage in the shower.
1: Because of sewage in the shower.
0: <laughs> I'm not throwing shade
1: because I understand the struggles of yeah. living in a shared rental house oh, yeah. in the city of Seattle. There was also like <laughs> crazy water damage in the last shared house I lived in in Seattle too, so I think it's just a universal struggle. Yeah. So that that's how I eased into my morning today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you for being here. Yes, I'm happy to be here. I'm feeling like I'm finally decompressing a little bit. Um, Claire just made me some of the best cookies I've ever eaten, so if you have a chance to taste her cookies one day, I would recommend them. (laughs) Thank you! It means a lot, because Claire told me that she is also
0: a connoisseur of baked goods, um, so you have a, you have a a respect for the art of baking as well. definitely, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool, yeah, um, it's good to be here and to be having a cozy moment um can you kind of introduce yourself and like talk about where you're from like how did you end up in Seattle
1: definitely um I grew up in Charleston South Carolina and I moved out to Seattle in um I believe it was 2018 for school so um I'm finishing my last year of school right now I'm studying design and French but um yeah I've been doing music since I was I I I performed on a stage for the first time. Well, I I gigged for the first time when I was 13 years old. So um, I've been, yeah, I've been performing since then, recording. I've been writing since I was a kid. So um, I I would say I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I'm a musician. Um, I am kind of a self-taught painter um I I like to do many many different things I'm studying design and so I try to I keep myself very busy I try to kind of have my hands in a lot of creative projects at once so that's me
0: (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) I, I think it's really um special to have multi multiple things that can inspire one another
1: yeah I go through phases too you know phases where I'm kind of I feel like I'm I'm very much in like A moment right now where music is the first thing on my mind. Um, I'm, you know, I've just finished a show and I'm gearing up for my next one. I'm um, working on booking stuff and just promoting the CP, so I'm very much in that space right now. I've had times where I had to kind of take a brief um, hiatus from music and kind of stop performing for a while and just retreat and work on other things, like um, yeah, visual art, um, kind of dedicating myself to travel for a little while, so I'm, I'm, like, it feels very good to be in a space where I'm ready to focus on music and, like, energized by that just in the day-to-day, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exciting because it comes with a lot of other challenges, like the promotion part, yeah, and
1: yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the part that I notice, like, takes it out of people the most. Yes. I don't I don't feel like it comes naturally to me at all, especially, yeah, As I think as an artist and a creative person, I'm, like, I writing is what comes naturally when I'm lucky, not every day, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the, the, the creating stuff that's meaningful to me comes naturally to me, trying to get it out, out into the world and like get people to listen to it. And, um, yeah, just like promotion, advertising, the whole business side of things sometimes feels like just absolutely crushing. And other days I'm like, I can do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to try this new thing. Um, But I I think for a lot of artists and creative people, it's that way, you know, Mm -hmm. making, making things might come naturally to you, but the business side of it might not. Yeah, might not. (laughs) So I've I've been feeling that a lot lately. It definitely feels like a pressure.
0: It is. And I feel like it's also a tension, like at least I don't know, I feel a tension of like, well, I want to create this thing, but like at the same time, I, I want it to be for me, but if I'm not trying to get it
1: out there, like, I mean, there's also that tension of like wanting it to be shared, yes. and wanting it to. Have well, you that love value. it, and you put time into it, and work into it, and you want people to hear it, which is yeah, very much what I'm feeling about the music right now. I think, um, like, on the one hand, I just want to like play it in a little room to a few people, <laughs> but like also I want more people to hear it. So it yeah, it's just a matter I think of trying to like balance with the the time and the energy that you have and. Um. Yeah. For me, I think the pressure is coming from just like loving it so much and having put so much time and work into it. I feel like I. I really have to, in order to do it justice, I really have to put in the work to try to promote. And I'm like, you know, wearing a lot of hats right now and kind of trying to do the job of like a manager and a publicist and all of those things yeah. as one person. One full time while, while student. You're in school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I would not have picked up on a uh, perceived lack of ability to like at least promote something because when I was looking at your IG like I just think it's lovely and thank you (laughs) it shines through with like it seems like your personality like it feels authentic but you have I don't know you have a lot of photos that represent you and just
1: I thought the vibe was like pretty it was easy for me to see your vibe which I appreciate I feel like is that. The goal. <laughs> yeah, totally. I appreciate that. I think, like, social media can feel very contrived. Yeah. Um, sometimes it just feels like work. And I'm like, I don't want to be... I don't... I hate referring to things as content. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, really, as, as an artist, if you want people to engage with your posts... I hate this language. Me engage too. with your posts. And, and, like, if you want people to discover your work or, you know, find you... Um, yeah, you have to create content. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But um yeah, I feel like I've kind of been taking a step back from it lately and like not posting because I'm like, oh my god, it's, you know, it's whatever whatever time, whatever day of the week I have to post. Um, but more just like I I've, I've been making things and 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 playing shows and stuff that have been really life-giving and exciting. And so those are the things that I truly want to share. Um mm. So yeah, so it's felt a little bit more natural. Totally, because it's like a response to your excitement. Totally, yeah, definitely. I think like yeah. when I'm able to use it as kind of like a creative platform or a means of expression, um, those are the moments that it feels good and and like a kind of a positive force.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, I think it's I think it's good that you're you're still doing it um, regardless of the apprehension, because obviously, like I found your music through your IG and also, like, you are just now promoting your new EP through there, and I'm sure that will catch a lot more people who would have maybe not heard it otherwise. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One can hope. (laughs) Yeah, um, so how did, how did you find yourself in
1: music? Like, is this something you grew up in? Um, yeah, it's something I think I was always kind of naturally drawn to. Um, I started taking piano lessons when I was about eight years old, and I was, like, the world's worst piano student. I was terrible. I never practiced, and every single week, my <laughs> piano teacher would come to my house, and he'd be like, Claire, did you practice your songs this week? Did you do your homework? And I was always like, well, this came up... Even as an eight-year-old, I was busy, you know? I had a lot going on. <laughs> I never practiced, and so I i think I, I did piano for a little while, and I quit piano, and... Um, sort of it's a little bit of the same thing that we were just talking about with kind of social media and it feeling forced um I think once I started to like discover songs that I wanted to play on my own and I'd I'd, like find them on YouTube and I'd watch the tutorials and I started to teach myself like like pop music on the piano um I was a big Taylor Swift fan (laughs) you know I grew up on Taylor Swift Probably oh, you yeah. did too. Oh yeah. Um, so nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. The I think the first song that I ever learned to play on piano was White Horse by Taylor Swift and I, I love that song. I played it hundreds and hundreds of times. But <laughs> I, I started teaching myself piano and then kind of the motivation came back and I was like, Oh, now that I'm I'm playing music, not that I've been told to play, but that I really wanna play and songs I wanna sing. Um and yeah, just kind of integrating singing with like my piano skills. It started to come a lot more naturally. And um, I actually decided on my own When I was probably maybe 10, 11 years old I decided to start piano lessons again Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just kind of learning to lean into the kind of music that I was excited about Um, Yeah, I guess really got me into it Um, I taught myself to sing by singing Taylor Swift's entire first (laughs) self-titled album I used to like lie in my bed and sing myself to sleep Um, Just Taylor Swift songs over and over again (laughs) wait her first album what's her first album called? Taylor Swift Taylor Swift
0: oh I didn't realize that
1: my I have a strong (laughs) memory associated with White Horse because um I guess that was her second album yeah
0: that that was her second
1: yeah fearless
0: yeah I think that was in fearless um my sister did this like interpretive dance to that song
1: (laughs) in like a church we were all like like, it was... just blooming as artists to like Taylor Swift's music it in 2000. was so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So While we were... your sister was dancing to White Horse, I don't know when that was. I was probably playing White Horse on the piano and like feeling that heartbreak as, as an 11 year old child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old I was when she put out that album. I don't know. 11, 12. Who knows?
0: Well, that's so cool that like Taylor Swift's music was like an inspiration to you. Yeah. Because totally. I, I feel like your, at least with your EP, like, your songs are kind of, like, about heartbreak and, like, more than that, but I feel like some of that vulnerability that shows up in Taylor Swift's music that's, like, so relatable, like,
1: also shows up in yours. Yeah, she's also an excellent storyteller. I hate it when people, you know, Taylor Swift gets, gets a lot of shade for she um, does. writing about exes and stuff, but she's... A Phenomenal storyteller. Yeah, she I mean she'll she'll take us. It it doesn't matter if the story is about your ex That does I don't think that has anything the the content of the story Doesn't really have that much to do with like the song and whether it's impactful and successful I just think that she does such an amazing job of like crafting a storyline and Mm. making you feel it with her, you know Yeah, big Taylor Swift fan (laughs) 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 I was off the train for a little while Um, when she released, like, 1989, 1989, I was like, Mm. I don't know, I'm not sure if I like the direction it's going, but then she put out Folklore and Evermore, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a stan.
0: Yeah, I know, I'm back on the train, too, (laughs) and it upsets me when people put her down, because, especially with those two albums, I've heard people claim, like, oh, she's only successful because of, like, this feature that she had, and whatnot, and, I'm like, no, this girl is very successful in her yeah. own right. And why are we afraid of acknowledging that? Yeah. Because she's dealing with more, I don't know, softer topics or, like, stories that are, um, I mean, I think it's because of patriarchy, because her yes, stories, are, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're more
1: feminine and people are afraid of that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I think those albums are, like, beautifully, masterfully done.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, can you talk about the process that went behind your new EP, and like, how did you start with the songwriting, and then like also into the production part?
1: Yeah, um, I've never really set out to like create a project. Um, I don't. I it's really difficult for me to write if I have if if I'm writing as a means to an end, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I I definitely didn't sit down and say, okay, I'm gonna make an EP. <laughs> it was more of like. Um just kind of a collection of the songs that I happened to have written over the last couple of years. Um, a lot of them kind of pull from like different stories, kind of different chapters of my life. But um, I, yeah, I the producer that I worked with, I've been friends with for a long time. We met when we were teenagers. Um, we lived in the same the same city for a while, and um, he recorded my last EP missing. And so we had been talking for a long time about um, collaborating on another project. And he had recently moved out to L.A. and was working as a producer there. And I was, you know, I had just been in touch with him. I was like, I'm finally, I think I'm like working towards having kind of a body of work that I could record. You know, um, I, I had maybe four songs at the time. There were one or two that I wrote Sort of sort of to be on the EP, um, Forgetting Something was one that I wrote maybe a couple of months before we recorded. And Amsterdam on the other hand, I think I had started writing like two and a half years prior. Um, it was like a very old song and one that I had just kind of let sit for a really long time. It felt like it was kind of collecting dust and I was like, okay, I have to record. So I pulled it back out and I didn't have a bridge. <laughs> and um, you know, does that one
2: have a bridge?
1: I can't remember if I ever wrote a bridge. Maybe I didn't have a second
2: verse.
0: What inspired that one like was because I imagine the season of life
1: that it was in is quite different than like be good or definitely newer yeah, ones. definitely. Amsterdam was I like to think of it as kind of the final chapter to a story. So my last EP, missing was um, like a chronicle a, a chronological timeline of a relationship that I was in um, a few years ago. I was living in Belgium for a year before I moved out to Seattle. And, um, yeah, without saying too much about it. <laughs> it's always so strange to tell, you know, if you're, like, in a relationship with someone and then you're writing about it, it's, like, that's sort of my story. And it's also their story, too. And it feels really strange to, like, sit down and talk to people about it. Yeah. Which is weird because it's, like, weirder maybe to, like, publish <laughs> publish, you know, a song or or, or writing about a person. Um, Just like a weirdness that I think artists kind of sit with all the time and get used to. It's like a weirdness that it it feels strange to sit down and have a public conversation about it. But like, it's all there. It's all out there. You can listen to the story Um, anyway. Amsterdam was kind of, just kind of the final chapter to that story, mm-hmm. having some space from that relationship and some space from the songs that I had written about it. Amsterdam was, like, me processing kind of the final reflections um, on on that story after I felt like I had kind of healed from it and, and gotten a little distance.
0: Yeah. Because
1: missing all of the songs on that EP, I was, like, very much in it. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's so powerful, like, as... personal journal for you to reflect on and also one that becomes like very relatable to the people who hear it i hope so (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i mean going back to t T swift i feel like the reason that we can appreciate her is because you know those feelings like they are coming even though some of them seem cheesy or something they're actually
1: relating to experiences that we all have. Yeah, of heartbreak. everybody's been heartbroken. It's a part yeah. of the human experience. That's why I don't understand it when people criticize her. I think as being like shallow or or dramatic or you know what whatever people believe that Taylor Swift can be. Um, yeah, heartbreak is a part of the human experience, and I think mm-hmm. it can be really profound.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like whenever I listen to someone's music for the podcast and I think I'm drawn to certain things at certain seasons, but this, like, past season for me has been one of not fresh heartbreak, but for some reason, like, a lot of reflection on old heartbreak, and so listening to it felt, I don't know, it offers reminders of not just the sadness, but also it's, like, a reminder of self-protection and of, like, oh, that was a, that is also a feeling that, like, I know, but now, like, I'm in a different space. And yet r- remembering that is almost an important part of the healing journey as
1: well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is well, it's all? interesting
1: to like sing these songs too um, years after. Um, y- yeah. Years after a story came to a close. Um, I'm in a relationship right now that's happy and supportive. And it's it's strange to like get up on stage and have my partner in the audience and be singing these like... Yeah, these kind of old stale heartbreak songs, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really interesting because I find oftentimes you know when I'm when I'm kind of in my zone as a performer, those feelings really come to life and I feel them in a new way every time I play those songs. So, um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I keep finding a way.
1: But I imagine oftentimes that like, regardless of where I am in my life, there's, you know, I might be having a good day. I might be in a supportive relationship, but there's often someone in the audience mm-hmm. who's not, you know, someone's just been dumped or someone's like, someone's just lost somebody or, mm-hmm. or their life is in shambles. You know, we, we all have those moments. And so if you're in a room full of people, I, I like to think that, yeah, those like those heartbreak songs are going to resonate with somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think as an artist, too, I and just like as a person, I, I feel a lot. I very much reside in my feelings all mm-hmm. the time. And so um, whether it's like a feeling that I was feeling really acutely a long time ago or something that I'm feeling acutely today, um, I think like entering back into it kind of comes naturally. Mm. Yeah, I like to sing sad songs.
0: Yeah. That's really empathetic of you. (laughs) (laughs) Claire and I need a tea break. And perhaps you do too. Don't forget to drink tea and or groove today. That's what the hell is up. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back after the Anchor ad. What I pick up in... Be Good, is
1: something a little bit
0: different than Heartbreak, per se. Um, can you talk about that song a little bit more?
1: Yeah, um, I I do think that one feels a little different, and it's, it's interesting because um, it's one of the newer ones on the EP. Um, that was, when I wrote that song, it was the first song that I had written in a really, really long time. Um, I think that I wrote it maybe in... August, in July or August of of 2020. Is that right? Could that be right? Roughly, I think so. Um, Time all blurs together nowadays. Yeah, and nobody's going (laughs) to criticize you if you're wrong. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be fact-checked on that. But um, (laughs) no one knows but me. I'll make up the date. It was August of 2020. Very well. (laughs) Let me set the scene. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, I I actually wrote that song... um, I wrote it sitting on the edge of my bed in, like, the bedroom that I lived in when I was in high school in my parents' house. Um, so kind of kind of interesting that that was, like, I, I had been staying at home with them for a little while, and I guess that song was sort of a product of, like, my time at home being able to sort of reflect. I was um, I was in therapy at the time. It was feeling really productive. I was actually just really in the midst of, like, A span of time in my life where um I was just painfully insecure and like really really suffering a lot not feeling good about myself like I'd wake up every day and just like struggle to feel okay like in my body and and as myself um and those are really tough feelings to put into a song they're really tough feelings to vocalize in the moment um I I feel like especially in those moments like my one of my biggest fears with the, was that people would see me for like being as insecure as I was, and like I was terrified of that being obvious to people. Um, which is like silly, and then it's like the meta, the meta anxiety,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, anxiety exactly. Like, I'm anxious, yes,
1: exactly, and it's like you don't need to pile that onto yourself when you're already having a goddamn hard time, right? So, yeah, I, that song was kind of um, me finally sitting down and being able to, yeah, put kind of put those feelings into words and also be like, I'm being too hard on myself. And at least in this mm-hmm. moment while I'm writing this song, I'm choosing to give myself a break. And, um, yeah, I, I like it because um, it was very... It was like, yeah, a song that I wrote to myself rather than to someone else. And um, it felt like what I needed to hear in that moment and and just kind of a choice to say like I'm I, I think that as I was writing it, I was also feeling like I, I can't find a song that like says to me exactly what I need to hear in this mm-hmm. moment. So I'm going to write my own. And so when I, when I play that one live, especially, it feels kind of just like this really, um, yeah, this really kind of like personal refrain that I, I, I can come back to when
2: I need to hear it. I was never graceful, but I used to be so good.
1: like, insecurity and, like, just a lack of self-worth. I think that those are those are things that people feel a lot of shame around
2: mm-hmm. and have a
1: lot of difficulty talking about. And, like, yeah, the worst thing you can do for yourself is not talk about it. So I think that I've experienced a lot of healing through that song.
2: It's
0: a beautiful song. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I love, like, the line of I wouldn't say that to a friend and also just the the way you framed it with the beginning um with that lyric of I was never
1: graceful but I was good I was never graceful but I used to be so good yeah
0: and then at the end we hear like I'm not graceful but I'm good yeah yeah I don't know for me it just I can remember like that feeling of being like I'm so stressed about like not being a good person and yeah. not believing in, in my own goodness and. I love the way you framed that. It's just it's
1: it's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I have some like I guess some, um, some questions or some qualms about that song. Mm-hmm. Um. Kind of reflecting on it now too. You know, it's been. Um, a year and change since I wrote it a little over a year and um I think I've reflected a little bit more in that time on like yeah what what it is to be like worthy and and just to like be a person and I don't know that it necessarily like I don't know that your worth is necessarily tied to like your goodness you know like what mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it means to be good which is funny because that's the title of the AP and I you know like I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it almost feels, um, uh, yeah, a little, a little silly to try to label ourselves as like good people or not. Like, what does that mean? Like, because it's it's, it's subjective. <laughs> yeah, it's very subjective, and and we all like fuck up, and we all struggle, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's like if. If I wrote that song today, I might write it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm i less concerned with, like, being good all the time, I yeah.
0: think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the more we grow, like, the more that has the opportunity to shed itself through diversity of experiences. Sure. And also seeing the way that different people live and seeing, yeah. like, wait, goodness is very... Um, relative to context yeah and how we define those things yeah but that's that's still really special that the song is a time capsule of like
1: definitely yes and i love it for that
2: i was never quite so easy
0: talk about I don't want to be alone yeah um did you write that one
1: during COVID
0: or is it just very
1: suitable for COVID times I did I um it's funny because I wasn't like I'm gonna write a song about COVID it it wasn't about COVID um I think that you know maybe it's possible in an alternate universe where COVID would have happened I maybe the song would have come out differently maybe it would have sounded the same um I don't know those are the questions about COVID that we we all agonize over. Like, wait, what if it had never
2: happened? Yeah, where would I be if
1: it hadn't have happened? Because I think the situation would be different. Not worth even going there. <laughs> we live in this world we live in, and it is what it is. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe I have COVID to thank for that song. I'm not sure. I actually, um, it's funny you should ask. I thought I had COVID when I wrote that song. And it wasn't like, it wasn't about being sick, but it was like a product of being sick and being shut away from people. And, um, yeah, I was, I was holed up in my room quarantining when I wrote, I don't want to be alone. I didn't have COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The thing that I really appreciate about that song is just the way that it seems similar to kind of what we were saying about like how it can be hard to admit problems of self-worth I feel like it can be also really hard to for people to admit that they don't want to be alone especially nowadays because I feel like there's a lot of emphasis um maybe this is just my algorithm but like in <laughs> Instagram a lot of emphasis on individual
1: strength and resilience and independence yeah, and that like, you should like be able to be everything that you need for yourself
0: yeah and like
1: that's unrealistic
0: and to not really desire intimacy because if you do it's almost it's like a weakness
1: yeah yeah well yeah i i i agree with you i don't think it's your specific algorithm (laughs) i i think it's a real um a real dynamic at work um on social media especially definitely Um, and just like in our culture, you know, there's this kind of emphasis on individuality, um, Mm -hmm. and needing to be able to do everything on your own. And I think that that's something, you know, I don't know if I was conscious of that force when I was writing that song, but I think that's something that I was really feeling, um, kind of in that season that I was writing, I was like, you know, I was not, I wasn't really performing much, but when I was, I was just doing solo su- solo stuff, I didn't really have a lot of, like, artists around me supporting yeah. me at all, I kind of, I kind of did feel like I was doing everything all on my own, and, but go- going back to what you're talking about, um, yeah, I do think that that's a force that's, that's at work, and, like, I think it's, I think it's a little silly, humans are social creatures, and, like, we need each other, you know, like, we really need each other, <laughs> We I think if do. we've learned anything from the last <laughs> last year or so of our lives, it's that we need each other and we need community.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like the anxiety that comes with the loneliness is less um,
1: less constricting when we can just, like, admit that we don't want yeah. to be alone. Yeah, vocalize it. Yeah. Totally. Because, yeah, I, we're all feeling it, or we all have been feeling it at some point, I think, um, like, during this weird... Know. See you alone. <laughs>
0: and stuff, and back to performing, how, how has that been feeling?
1: Yeah, so I, um, my show this past weekend was actually, um, my, my release show this past weekend was, um, my very first show with a band, um, since I released my first EP, Ocean's Edge, in high school. Um. So you have three EPs now. One I. More?
0: Are there more hiding out that I haven't there... heard
1: about? In my life? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask. There was one. <laughs> I my I put out my very first EP when I was fourteen. It was called The Beautiful Side, and there's like a box of CDs in my parents' attic, and that's the only place that it exists. You can't find it anywhere else, and that's maybe for the best. But um, occasionally, if people like specifically request it, I'll send them a copy. But um, yeah, so I I put out an EP called Ocean's Edge when I was 17, I think, and um, I I still like it. I just decided to take it down off of Spotify and everything um, around the time that I put out Missing, I think, maybe a little, maybe more like a year ago, um, just because it wasn't kind of quite up to the standard of recording sure. that I I'm doing nowadays and um, it was old, you know. I, I put it out when I was in high school. So I, I've I've taken it down now but it's um it's still out there. Um but yeah, anyway. <laughs> well it's kinda like the same thing where if people heard it, like would they expect you to perform it? <laughs> um yeah, they have and some of them do. <laughs> I you know my like my friends and the and the people who like have the CD in their car and whatever you know still still request the songs sometimes um actually someone requested one on Saturday night so I, I I played it and it's always fun you know to play old songs but um yeah so it it was my first show with a band in years and I had really really been desiring to like bring other musicians on board and sort yeah just feel feel backed up by by other artists and kind of have that sense of community and just the ability to make the songs bigger and, and more full in a way that I can't when I'm playing solo. Um, and it, it was awesome. It was really special. It felt really, really good. Um, I really walked away from it feeling, feeling like um, we had done justice to the songs and that I was able to play them the way that I intended for them to sound. And it was really special. Um, it's time consuming. And like, challenging to find time to rehearse and everything and and to get the parts right and stuff playing with new people um so you're kind of taking a risk it's in like trusting them yeah totally <laughs> it does require a lot of trust um and just like my so i my songs in particular i think are like you said they're they're vulnerable i i wrote most of them alone in my bedroom you know um it's it's difficult to put those into the hands of someone else and say here you go. (laughs) Um, this is how I want it to sound and take it away. But, um, it, yeah, it, it felt really good. It was a really special experience. So it's definitely something that, um, I'd like to do more in the future. Being able to just, yeah, kind of have that support and sense of community on stage was something that I hadn't felt in a long time.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds really fulfilling and, and gratifying. Um, so you're going to be playing another, show
1: coming up as well yes where is that and when is that November 13th at the Ballard Homestead oh
0: okay yeah I hope I can make it out Um, I would love to
1: see
2: you there
0: that'd be super fun what is your vision for for your music or maybe in more generally your your art like what is your
1: dream right now um that's a big question (laughs) um I think that, like, one one thing that I've really been learning through through the process of... I, I think, like, you know, I've, I've been doing creative work since I was a kid, and it really is just, like, a process of figuring out kind of what works for me and, like, how to get into a space where I feel like I'm experiencing that creative flow. Because um, that's where I feel the most myself. I feel the most effective. And one thing that I've realized is... Um, it's really difficult for me to work backwards. So it's difficult for me to say, this is where I know that some people really thrive on being able to say, this is where I'm going to be in five years. And these are the steps I'm going to take to get there. And, um, for me, I think, um, I've been hearing a lot of people say lately that the knowing is in the doing. And I think that like, that's something I've really been feeling that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I would rather sort of be guided by um, my creativity in the moment, by what feels natural to create. And I think yeah, right right now um, I really have that that motivation to like put my music out there, to be playing more shows, um, to be like singing to people again. That's what's feeling really really good and natural to me right now. And I don't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where I, I would love for lots of people to hear it. I would love to play yeah. bigger venues. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to find myself there, but I don't want to work backwards. I want to like find the joy in kind of em- embracing the, the creative process in the moment and letting that fuel me because that's where I feel kind of the most centered So to to answer your question, I don't have an answer to your question. Um, (laughs) That was an answer. I'm just vibing. (laughs) Straight up vibing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, you know, like we we talked about this a little bit um, earlier, but um, I'm finishing out my last year of school right now and everything and um, really don't have any career (laughs) plans. (laughs) do <laughs> any of us that's um, no some of us do some of us have real jobs and career plans I yeah I I really do I think that I tend to be more effective and more successful and more healthy when I'm not like straining myself to meet a particular goal or you know mm-hmm. some plan yeah. that I have in the future I don't I don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. but I I know that like I have a lot of energy right now for music, and um, I have these songs that I've spent a year creating that I'm excited to share. Um, I want to get them to as many years as possible, and I'm just kind of riding that wave right now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I love that because I too have kind of been reflecting on how it's easy to kind of get wrapped up in like, okay, what is my purpose, and how do I yeah how do I align myself to be like my my most authentic self and like live into my purpose and
2: that's, a lot, be... yeah, that's and a lot of
0: pressure. Yeah, and sometimes I'm just like bitch, if you're doing the things you want
1: to do that you're you've set out to do like be present with them yeah. because that is the purpose. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I think the purpose can be in the process too. If I've, I've really been feeling that lately.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it creates a mindfulness and I think that that comes through. So, that's lovely. (laughs) Thanks, Claire. You're welcome,
1: Claire. (laughs) Would you like another cookie, Claire? I'm going to go for, like, a half a cookie right now. They really are crazy. (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Would you like another cookie, Claire?
0: You know, Claire, I think it's a good time for another cookie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can we just quickly talk about, like... Not even quickly, like we still have time, we still have cookies. <laughs> um, your astrological chart, like where is your sun, moon, and rising
1: sign? Yes. Um, so I'm a Pisces. Okay. Um, I, I identify very strongly as a Pisces. I feel lots of feelings. I've always been very drawn to the water. I, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, so I grew up by the water. Um, it feels like yeah, I think the most natural element mm. to me, um, I I think like like flow, is is a big thing for me. Going going that with totally the flow. goes yeah the, the <laughs> way you're like
0: no I'm just gonna let my purpose kind of unfold.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah I I identify very strongly as a Pisces and as a water sign. Um, I am a Sagittarius moon and an Aquarius rising. Okay there we go I was like <laughs> is there some Aquarius in there because I really
0: think that there
1: is it, I actually so for a long time like I knew that I was a Pisces but I didn't actually like calculate my birth chart and mm-hmm. and I found out a year or two ago that I was an Aquarius rising and I was like that makes sense because I've always been very drawn to Aquarians and they're yeah. they're just like kind of vivacity and like like esoteric artisticness um yeah I I love I love Aquarius When I when I first read about my sign, you know, years ago, um, I kind of identified with it immediately um, because Pisces are, are big feelers, um, really emotional, tend to be creative, and that's, yeah, I'm just like in my feelings all the time. <laughs> I love to cry. I love to write sad songs. <laughs> big Pisces girl. That's lovely. <laughs>
0: Um, well, Claire, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Sips tea. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> um, for narrating that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I guess that I, I hope that the songs do have kind of universal truths to them. I'm, I'm a big, um, like... I guess. <laughs> thinker, feeler, I'm an introspective person. I have a hard time stepping outside of my own emotions and experiences sometimes, and my, mm-hmm. my art, I think, really lives in that space. And so sometimes it feels like almost self-indulgent to step up on a stage and just mm-hmm. like play all of these songs about me and and like my feelings and my experiences. Um, but I also know that when I listen, to my favorite artists, I, Julian Baker comes to mind. Julian Baker's songs are all about Julian Baker and they're all sad as shit. (laughs) And like, I want to be in that space with Julian Baker, you know, I love that. I, um, there've been so many moments that, yeah, that Julian's songs have just like, um, really kind of, kind of gotten me through, um, feelings and experiences where I I felt totally alone I didn't feel heard and so I hope that I hope that these songs in their honesty and their vulnerability can have a little bit of that impact for other people totally I they will I'll wrap up by comparing myself to Julian Baker (laughs) I love it it's a risk it's a risk worth taking and I I believe that it's
0: already making magic thanks Claire I appreciate that. You're welcome, Claire. <laughs> well, we will catch you at a show. We can wait, where
1: can we find you on socials and how can we find your music? We yeah. didn't mention that. Yes, thank you for asking. Um I all of my music is under my name, Claire Conway. My Instagram handle is Claire.conway. Um, I'm Claire Conway on Spotify, Claire Conway on Facebook, Claire. I Conway not, on YouTube. <laughs> I have a TikTok, but I have never posted on it. I would not recommend following me on there. I don't have high hopes for the future of my TikTok account. Um, Claire Conway on YouTube. Yes, I recently released a music video. Um, it was a hard process, but who knows what will happen in the future. Um, yeah, I,
0: I watched it, actually. I, I can't believe we didn't bring that up, because you're literally near water. There's your Pisces spirit coming through my, again. So my,
1: my producer, Noah, makes fun of me all the time, because, like, my my high school EP was called Ocean's Edge, <laughs> and I I'm always writing about like water and tides and waves, mm-hmm. and it's it's become kind of an embarrassing trope at this point. But I'm a Pisces. It's on brand. <laughs> yes, em- embarrassing trope <laughs> or consistent motif. <laughs> I like that. It's a consistent <laughs> motif. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. the, the music video was, like, a whole journey in itself. I decided to shoot part of it myself, which was a bold move <laughs> that I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but it was, like, fun to be close to it in that way. And kind of have, like, the... Um, control. Control. <laughs> or maybe just, like, freedom in the privacy of it? Yeah, actually, that's... I, I definitely felt that. Um, I, I feel that with things like self-portraiture as well, just being able to, like, try stuff and not have eyes on you mm. yeah
0: i could see that can be really liberating yeah for sure well um highly recommend checking out the music video as well so cool <laughs> thanks claire thanks claire
2: <laughs> working so much harder than i should i am still not graceful but i
0: for joining me in my cozy podcast studio and for sharing with me about your creativity and your music and just your energy of um sensitivity I really enjoyed our chat and thank you for listening I hope that you enjoyed today's chat as well if you did don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and or share the episode with someone whom you think might like it my podcast music transition music is by Afterspace whose beats you can find on SoundCloud The podcast logo is by Sarah Day. Promo art is by Aubrey McMichael. Recording, editing, and mixing is by yours truly. And the good vibes are thanks to your listening ear. Have a magical week, and I'll catch you in the next episode.